This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And Charlie, as I sit cheek by jowl with you in the studio. <laughs> Cozy. Yes, it is. It's because if, if you folks are watching via your uh, computer. Because on. we are we are yes. live audio and video on the web. That's right. Otherwise, if you don't catch us live, mm-hmm. it's just strictly audio. Well, one monitor decided to pack it up, I guess. So that forced me to come and sit beside Charlie. But that's, you know, that's Cozy. okay. And you're darn right. Yeah. We'll have Little, a really I feel like good show. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> I'm not All right. quite sure where this is going to go. No, either am I. It could be good. I, it could be bad. I almost went off the rails there. Okay. Uh, let me get back on track. First of all, the yes. garden show. Yes. Yep. Here we are. A bit of a cloudy day, unfortunately, but, you know, things are eventually going to improve. Uh, phone numbers, that's most important for you to get a hold of Charlie, ask a question, make a comment, whatever. We love hearing from you. In Toronto, call 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Uh, our little mantra is call early, call often, one question per call. Some of you are getting real sneaky. And get that, get that <laughs> Some are really getting question. good at this. Yeah. And if you are a first-time caller, please let Sebastian know. He'll let me know. And then just before you get on the air, you'll get the garden bells. The garden wings. The bell that represents the wings. That's it, yes. And we're getting to the perfect time of year to have those little wings. Oh, to man. be hovering out over the garden, see the little things that are starting to come up. I have lots of bulbs coming up at my yeah, place. Yeah, yeah. So do we in the farm. Do yeah. you? Good, yep. yeah. Because it's, it's, you know, you can never plant thousands mm. of bulbs. I mean, maybe you can if you have somebody to help. But Holy generally, cow. we start, you know, 10 here, 10 here, 10 there. Yeah, yeah. And then over the years, uh, choosing bulbs that will naturalize. You know what that means? Naturalize? Uh, no. Here's a challenge. Okay. okay. So what do you think it means? Uh, just letting it go. Grow naturally. True. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. So you plant a daffodil yeah, yeah. that is a plant that will grow more daffodils. All so right. one daffodil one year, mm-hmm. two or three the next year, five or six the next year. Right. Before you know it, your little clump of 10 is now a big clump of 300, which is exactly what Shirley did at your place. Yeah. So she has over the years slowly incorporated little groups of bulbs, which are now naturalizing. Oh my gosh, yeah, they are. Yeah, you should see. I've got them immense. going into my neighbors. Yeah. Like I've got um, a whole I, bunch I of Scylla. I whole guilty thing go right through my mind. What? Well, Tasha, my new daughter. Yes, yes. She gave new... me an orchid. Yeah. And a week ago, Wednesday, yes. I submerged it, as you suggest. Have taught you, know, you, yes. Yeah, and let all the air out and then let it drain. And I meant to do it this past Thursday, and I haven't done that yet. You better put a little reminder so on I'm your phone. Going to, I'm going to. That, that works, you know, yeah, okay. phone reminders, because yes. we do tend to look at our phones. <laughs> it, submerge your orchid. All right, I'll do that. <laughs> that I'll sounds that. like a torture. Um, <laughs> all right, let's just ca- talk quickly about right. what's coming up, because, of course, it's the season for yep. lots going on. Mm. Uh, this Thursday... 
I, I'm Thursday, May the 3rd. Actually, I'll be speaking to a keen gardening crowd at my dad's retirement residence, which is oh. Dell Manor, Northtown, mm-hmm. in the Young Finch area. 2.30 in the afternoon, if you'd like to attend, because it is open to friends, uh, friends of, of Del Manor, friends of mine, feel free to contact Lori at Del Manor, and the number there is 416-225-9146. So 225-9146. I was supposed to speak last Tuesday. Oh, that's right. Well, the weather... No, it wasn't oh. weather. It was the, the catastrophe along Young oh, Street that had Lordy, the yes, street shut down from Finch right down mm-hmm. to the 401. So it's this, yeah. the year of postponement for me, whether it's weather postponements or, or cat- catastrophic postponements, one way or the other, it will yeah. happen. It's yeah. just a little bit delayed. And a big surprise for and special guest next Saturday for all of our listeners, Nikki Jabour, well-known garden author out of Halifax published her, I think she's up to about her third book now. She will be here with us live in studio for the entire hour next Saturday. So get your, she's a very keen vegetable gardener. And her latest book is about international vegetables and how she got into trying the unusual. And she'll be encouraging others, you know, to to break out of your comfort zone. All right. Like particularly for those of us that are, you know, kind of tomatoes, beans, you know, pea kind of people to break out and try new stuff. So she's just so full of energy and ideas should be a lot of fun. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. All right, another one to put on your calendar is a week tomorrow, Sunday, May the 6th. It's a super plant sale. It's the major fundraiser for for the entire year for the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society. Now, they are quite the group of people. They are real serious you know, down stoners, down dirty <laughs> gardeners, yeah, dirty stoners. That Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society, they are having their big plant sale next Sunday, week tomorrow, eleven until two. So very short, specific time frame okay. at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, seven 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 Lawrence Avenue East at Leslie. Okay, very unusual plants are available at this sale because the members of this group grow crazy things, so they propagate. So very unusual, hard-to-source plants will be available at this sale along with used books and then a bunch of vendors. So again, some unusual growers will be on site just for the three hours. So free admission, free parking. Get there if you can. More information, www.onrockgarden.com. Plant sale. And remember, speaking of sales, Stoke Seeds has a sale on right now, 20% discount right through until May the 19th. All righty. You know what? We better move right along here because there are callers waiting in line to talk to you, Charlie. Yes. And uh, we want to get to them, of course. So uh, just hang tight there. Uh, you are listening to The Garden Show as we broadcast live and direct from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village, back in the Mo. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, okay, Charlie, let's get busy here. <laughs> I'm still, you know what? I think it's having you sit so close to me. I it's, throw you off. It's affecting, exactly. <laughs> it's affecting my ability uh, to be efficient here. All right. I haven't even got the date written down yet. What is today? April 28th, I think. Okay. All right. That'll do for the moment. I'm, that's all a right. good start. Hey, Paula, maybe just around the corner here. Uh, no, no, she's down in St. Catharines. Speaking of confused. Yeah, talk about that. Paula in St. Catharines, welcome to the show. Hello. Good morning. Uh, Good morning to you. Um, I have uh, a rhododendron, Mm -hmm. 
that has kind of traveled with us from house to house nice. over the last, say, the past five years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been in this house, uh, this is the third year for it. Mm-hmm. But it's getting to the point where it's mostly growth on the top mm-hmm. and not and flowers, but not very healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, will it grow if I prune it back after it's flowered? Technically, yes. And if you lived in British Columbia, you would have to do that because your rhododendron would get huge and take over the garden. However, okay. Ontario is not does not offer the optimal conditions for rhododendron. So we don't typically do a ton of pruning. But you're right. Once the flowers are finished and really truly finished, we always disbud or you know take away the, the past flower on a roto. Yes. So at that time, you could do some tip pruning with the intention of trying to force out some more growth to make it a more dense better looking plant. Okay. But keep in mind as well, Ontario soils are limestone based soils and rhododendrons do not like lime. They like peat, they like acid or low pH soils. Mm-hmm. So yeah. as uh, what I would also be doing, like when you planted it, did you make a point of incorporating a lot of peat moss into the soil? Oh, oh yes. And I feed and I, any pine boughs I get, uh, I usually wrap around it and, and, uh, it's uh, well wintered in. I have others too, so. Okay. Um, but I, I always keep the the pine. Good. Around them. Pine needles, excellent, very slow source, but definitely a source of acidity for the soil. Also organic material, which is always important. And you never cultivate around a rhododendron because they're very shallow rooted. Um, yes. The roots are right at the surface. So what yes. I also do to try and encourage my roto to be as happy as possible in an Ontario garden is in the spring, I will purchase something called soil acidifier. Mm-hmm. It's okay. a sulfur-based product, and I will use that on the surface okay. of the soil as per directions on the box to attempt to lower that keep that pH down like it's easy to kind of lower it fast but then keeping it down is the trick and that's where the pine okay. needles help I also make oh. a specific point of using a rhododendron or acid loving plant fertilizer uh, yeah. in the spring so just do all those things you know you've done the right thing in terms of your planting situation and of course it wants dappled sun not direct sunlight and of course you want to protect from extreme wind in the winter uh, to try and you know again help it be as happy as possible yeah it's almost under um, like our deck it's right at, at so it gets um, sun from noon on mm-hmm. so it gets like the morning sun okay okay good better than the noon on yeah so up to noon it's in the sun and then shade and the very good all that's good um yeah and so i think your idea of just a little bit of tip pruning might be a good idea to see if you can get a little more growth but make sure you use that fertilizer and that soil acidifier okay oh, thank, okay thank you very thank much you. Paula. thanks paul all right uh, joining us here on the, this saturday morning the cloudy it may be uh, it's raining <laughs> you too. know well, we, we have a, it wasn't hmm? raining when you got here but it's no. raining now Oh, gee. Uh, I have a monitor that, that you know, uh, we get a little note from time to time from uh, our operator, Sebastian, and he writes down Albinston. So we both went, where the heck is Albinston? It's Diane. Sure, it's not Allison. And no, she said, I'm in the middle of nowhere. So we went online to check it out. Boy, you are in the middle of, well, somewhere (laughs) in the... Closest town we could pick up was uh, Sarnia area. and Petrolia. Yeah, yeah. So good morning, Diane. Welcome to the show for the first time. But wait, there you go. Hi. Good morning. Yes, Albinston. I'm 45 minutes from London, Sarnia, or Chatham, so I'm in the middle of the nowhere, middle. Or the middle of everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> how you there look you at go. it? Not no. bad. Yeah, not bad. Yeah. And Southwestern nice Ontario. and warm down yeah. there too. No, it's not today. Oh, okay. <laughs> Cold and uh, spitting right now. Yeah. 
Yes. My question is, what is the difference between Farmer's Roundup and the Roundup you can buy in garden centers or Canadian Tire? Uh, it's just a percentage uh, concentration. Farmer's Roundup is twice as concentrated as the stuff you'll buy at Canadian Tire or at any garden center. So it works a lot better. It depends what you're trying to kill. Well, the, I guess. the stuff w- that we are uh, that's eligible to the homeowner is quite effective if used according to directions. So that's that spray onto the green leaves of whatever it is you're trying to kill. P- younger plants will always die faster than older plants. Uh, and if it's a very old, say a dandelion that's 10 years old, it's got a big root, but nice fresh green leaves in the spring, just make sure that you continue to spray it because eventually as the leaves continue to die, the root will eventually shrivel up and die as well because it's, so it's not, not a one-time use necessarily not exactly not necessarily whereas the farmers roundup because of the concentration will often be a quicker kill in the sense that it will kill more um, uh, mature plants it's okay. it's very good with Canadian thistle Canadian thistle is a very hard weed to kill uh, even with roundup and so the more concentrated the roundup the more effective it is Okay. All right. right. Well, thank you very much. Welcome Welcome to the show for the first time, but don't be a stranger. That's right. We love to hear from the middle of nowhere in the middle of everywhere. Yeah. Thank you, (laughs) Diane. And uh, that leaves the line open at 416-360-0740. Or if you're anywhere out in the uh, boonies, as as Diane was there, uh, 1-866-740-4740. And we have to take a little break here, but we shall return in moments to say hi to Wilma in Holstein. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? Speaking of boonies, I haven't even told you this. Um, We're moving to the boonies. What? Uh, Not tomorrow or anything, but Elliot and I are um, having a home built for us. Where? In Prince Edward County. Oh, my God. Love that area. That's beautiful. You're going to want to come visit. Details details to come. Okay. (laughs) More on that in a bit here on The Garden Show from Zuma Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, I've just uh, completed making my first um, booking at the hotel there in (laughs) Prince Edward County. And I've learned that uh, a bag of wine is what really, really helps. Well, I think a little higher quality than a bag would be nice. (laughs) All right. Uh, Let's let's go out to Holstein. There's Wilma. Hi, Wilma. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. How's things in Holstein? A little damp and cool again. (laughs) It's coming, though. Oh, we hope so. We're ready for it. Sunshine and double digits next Tuesday, Wednesday, from what I understand. Good. Good, good. Mm. Then it makes work. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Then everything starts growing. (laughs) I have been given a pot of calla lilies Mm -hmm. at Valentine's. Nice. And it was a very small, I would guess, four-inch pot. And there were multiple blooms on it. It was, I don't know, there was 15, 17 blooms on it. Okay. But... What do I do with it now? What's it look Can like? Can they be put outside, and will they bloom again this year or not at all? What's it look like right now? Are there leaves? Oh, yes. There's okay. still leaves, Lots and actually leaves. there's still about three blooms on it. Nice. So you're going to have to wait until we're frost-free? 
That's going to be another month, maybe. Uh-huh. Uh, also, it helps if the soil has warmed up a bit. And uh-huh. for sure, if you can just wait and have a nice spot for it where it's a little bit of sun, a little bit of shade, uh, preferably not a super hot afternoon sun, but preferably a morning sun and an afternoon shade, nice organic sort of leaf mulchy kind of soil, pop it out of the pot into the ground, enjoy it for the summer outside. Yes, you should continue to get more leaves, more flowers, but it is not a frost-hardy plant. No. So if you want to save it for spring 2019, you will have to lift it in the fall after we've had a first frost. You'll lift the bulbs and store them over winter indoors. Okay. Dormant. Uh, So that's maybe uh, because I have had calla lilies before, Mm -hmm. and and actually I still have some in the basement to go out. But I've always had an issue getting them to re-bloom. And that's what I wondered, whether they need the first frost in the fall before I bring them in. It is a good idea because the first frost forces them into true dormancy as opposed to you forcing them into dormancy by digging them up. So physiologically, it's better for them to allow those leaves to get knocked down just Uh once, not for, you know, a month or so, just that first time. The other thing that's tricky with callas is recognizing which way up when you're planting them. (laughs) They're they're not a traditional bulb. There's no pointy end. There's no obvious place where the roots come out. So it's always a bit of a crapshoot which way to plant them. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, they they did come up last year. They will. They will. Sometimes they'll be slow, but they will. So look for a flat bot. Like there is a what's called the basal part where the roots will come from. Look for sort of a flat edge, and that's likely the bottom. So very surprised uh, folks in China watching stuff come up there. What the heck? (laughs) All the way around. No, it's just Wilma. She's planted upside down again. Again. (laughs) Okay. uh, So the east side of the house would be all right. Optimal. Okay. Yep. Okay. 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 But put um, a leaf mulch in the yeah. hole when I put them in. Exactly. Make sure it's a it's got good drainage, but is also a nice organic based soil, so it's holding moisture with a with a kind of a good organic material. Okay. 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 We will give it a try. All right. Report back. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you very much. Thanks, Wilma. Okay, Wilma. Right. You take care of Holstein for us, right? Yeah. Uh, we have to go there sometime uh, and yeah. see the Holsteins. Now, do you uh, do you own stocks in the company that makes Epsom salts? <laughs> um, no. No. I wish no. you did because I wish I did too. <laughs> Jack's on the line from Welland, and this will give you a chance, I think, to extol the virtues of Epsom. I love that. So, anyway, salts. let's find out what's going on there. <laughs> Hi, Jack. How you doing? Hi. Good morning. Good morning. I um, was listening to your program last week, and somebody mentioned Epsom salt mm-hmm. for your rose bushes. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd like to know, how do you apply them? Well, do you have access to the Internet, to a computer? No, I don't. Do you know, do you have any family or friends who do? Yes. Okay. So what you do is you get one somebody who's got access to the Internet to Google Epsom salts, and what will come up is an amazing website that is run by the Epsom Salt Council of Canada. Um, I don't can't do it here, but it's very easy to find. It's quite a, it comes up first. Go to that website, and it very clearly lists all the amazing things that Epsom salts can and be used for. It's quite amazing. You're it right. It is, and the one whole section is on gardening. So it'll tell it'll talk to you about using Epsom salts on roses, on tomatoes, because Epsom salts are magnesium 
magnesium sulfate. So magnesium is a required nutrient for all plants. It's absolutely essential to have magnesium available for photosynthesis mm-hmm. to take place. Right. Magnesium's, it, it, a single magnesium is in every single chloroplast, which is the, what makes plants green. So you need magnesium, and sulfur is all, can be a very good thing, again, to help with that pH. Our lime-based soils tend to be very, very high, and sulfur brings the pH closer to neutral. So magnesium sulfate is often a very good amendment to our gardens. The quantity you would put and the time of year you would put very much is dependent on what you're growing. Uh, and and um, it's, I, so both those things are well answered on that website. Okay. If okay. Very good. Okay. All righty. Thank you, Jack. Thank nice you. Thank you to join us here on a yeah, thanks Saturday for morning. Zoomer Radio. What if Jack was a first-time caller? Maybe no, not. No, no. It doesn't say. Could have been. Could yeah, have been. well, no, Sebastian's well, usually right case, on the ball. Yeah. You know what? We're going to oh. do that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I, I rushed the <laughs> bell, and this is actually for Joan. You just want some exercise. I know. In Mississauga. Hiya, Joan. Welcome to the show. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Um, I have a composting question. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a, a composter that you turn, mm-hmm. and um, I find it gets very moldy. Oh. Now, is that still Okay. To oh, put in the garden. Yeah, uh, likely. The way I usually tell whether compost is going to be a good amendment is the smell. So if it smells really swampy, mm. uh, it's that very distinctive kind of sulfur, methane, you know, it's that swamp smell. Yeah. If your compost smells swampy, then it's likely w- one of two things. You've, got, you've been adding too much water or too much wet stuff in there and not enough dry to counteract the wet. Right. I did put in a lot of dry leaves. Oh, good. And um, most of, well, all that goes in there really um, are kitchen scraps, fruit and, and vegetables. And do you use it all winter? Do you put all your scraps in in the winter? Yeah, and I think that's the problem because I can't get out there to turn it, obviously, and it freezes. Right, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. It, it just sits there and waits. So okay. now that we're all thawed out, what I would do, when did you put all the dry leaves in in the fall? Uh, in the fall and recently. Oh, recently, good. All right, so so if I were you, now I've never had one of these turning ones, but they do speed up the decomposition because they add oxygen, which is what we need to make the decomposition happen yeah. faster. So if I were you, now that nothing's frozen, try and get out there, oh, I, I don't know how often you would turn it, like every second day maybe? You yeah. know, you do yeah. want to keep now that. I will. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just keep that on, you know, put that little alert on your phone, just like Frank's mm-hmm. going to put a little alert on watering his orchid <laughs> on his phone. <laughs> well, and, yeah. and just Okay, make a I point of um, yeah. I just was worried because I don't want to put um, mold into my garden. Well, you know what? There's lots of mold in your garden right now. You just don't necessarily know that. Fungus, the, the number of fungal spores and the importance of fungi in general is humongous on the quality of our soil. So soil is full of bacteria, uh, fungi, microorganisms, all kinds of things are going on there. But in balance, you have a very healthy living soil. The challenge is if it ends up too wet, then you get that mildewy, moldy, stinky stuff going on. Well, that's what we call anaerobic respiration. So what's happening is lack of oxygen. So that's where that's, so that turning will incorporate that. Are there little vents that you open on that composter? Um, Yeah, but I think that's the problem because um, the rain must get in because um, I don't put any liquid in there. Right, but your vegetable scraps and stuff have liquid. Yeah, they are moist, I guess. Um, Um, Now, I was wondering, I have also got a small compost pile on the ground, mm -hmm. and last year I took out the moldy stuff and dug it into that and Mm -hmm. left it there. Okay. 
That can work too. I mean, yeah. I, I do a certain amount of inoculation between my composters as well because I have them at different states of decomposition. I also use red worms. Now, in the turning ones, they would probably die because they would be above, you know, over winter, they would probably die. But in the ground, red worms would survive the winter. Right. So, I mean, you could always, there's a great website called Kathy's Crawlers, right. Kathy with a C. She is, she's renowned for her red worms and she sells them by the pound. So you can order up a pound of red worms and then you would dump them into your ground compost area and then use some of that inoculant at this time of year into your turning composter and you could have compost in about three weeks because it's so fast. Kathy with a K or a C? With a C. Kathy's Crawlers. Okay. And uh, and that you could really you could get a real composting facility going there between the ground compost and the turning composter. You'd be okay. amazed once you get everything kind of figured out in terms of timing for everything. Okay, but, that's um, wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. But those turning composters are supposed are supposed to be quite amazing. I've never had one, but they, yeah, they do I work. I was really disappointed with it because of every time I go there, it's moldy. So mm-hmm. I thought there was something really wrong with it. Yeah. I mean, are those vents? Can you close them or? Modify them or get not it really no. And mm. you're supposed to have it out in the open. Does it get sun onto that composter? Not much, no. Yeah, see, that's the other thing. They a little Should bit of heat. Warm. Yeah. yeah, so a little bit of sun. I guess if if you are emptying at some point, you have the opportunity to get in a little more like a western location. Mm. I think you'd find that would would help as well. Oh, probably yes, it would. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I can, but I'll try. Okay, Alrighty. Joan. Okay, thank keep you us, very much. Keep us up to speed on Thanks that. Okay, for calling. Thank you very much. Oh gosh, another another first time caller. Oh, Here we you are. are Charlie, getting I your know. exercise. <laughs> this is for Ren in Mississauga. Hey, good morning. Welcome to the show. Hey guys, how you doing? Morning, good. excellent. How are you? Great on this fine wet morning. Yeah, it's yeah, a good day to be talking gardening. I think. <laughs> Guaranteed. Listen, I have this cherry tree. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure. I think it's a sour cherry tree. Okay. It doesn't seem to be needing anybody else. It's yep. got great fruits on it, you know. Yeah. I trimmed it way back when, probably four years ago, five years ago, when it was about four feet. Mm-hmm. I lopped the trunk. I lopped all the branches and everything. Now it's like gotten out of hand. Yeah. Probably about 10 feet now. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if I should do the same, but this time just say lop off the trunk, leave the side branches till next year, and then do the same. So when you say lop off the... I understand they, they fruit, or they don't fruit the year after you chop everything off, Right. Uh, not necessarily. Um, so oh, yeah? when you say lop off the trunk, you mean like the leader, the terminal, the top? No, I mean like lop off the top of the trunk. Right, yeah, so the top. Period. Um, okay, so if it is a sour cherry, when you eat the cherries, do, do you, um, are they sweet or do you... Um, They're sour. Sour, yeah. Do you get They're like, definitely sour. All right, okay. So that's why it's self-pollinating. They make great pies. And that's right, they're for baking. Rib sauces and so on. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. We're on our way When's to the invitation? taste We're some up. of those ribs. Only Mississauga. Once I've collected the cherries, of course. Of course. So, okay, so the trick is, and this is where you are going to have, fruit trees are a responsibility. They are not just like any old spirea. You need to do a couple things. One is we do trim our fruit trees. We preferably trim them very early in the season, 
February, March, when they're dormant on a. Ah, so it's too late now, then, right? Uh, or you're not seeing any growth yet. It's been a. It's well, I see you know little buds happening and so on, but yeah. no, you know. Yeah, so it's it's not technically too late. It would have been nice to do it a you know a few weeks ago, but either way, you can still trim now. Okay. Not on a wet day, though. It must be dry. The other thing I would be doing is considering some dormant spray, which is the horticultural oil and lime sulfur we spray to protect our fruit trees from insects and diseases that love all that tasty. You know what? Fruit. I haven't done nothing to this thing since I moved in about yeah. 10 years ago besides prune it, yeah. and it's been great. It's been fine. Wow. No evidence of any kind of... Uh, None whatsoever. Well, I had this kind of like little... I don't know, caterpillar-looking cocoon on one branch. I lopped that off a couple of years ago, and it hasn't had nothing since. Okay, sounds good. He, he just loved his lopping there. I was going to say, he's a happy guy with his loppers. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like prune, lop. Well, I guess prune that one branch, because I did lop it pretty good when I first moved in. <laughs> okay. This is a lopsided conversation. Is what term, is. Guys, you know, I'm not a gardener, yeah? Hence, I'm calling you, right? That sounds pretty good to me. Jeez. Especially that sauce you're going to whip up. Uh, and, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, you know what? My neighbor across the street that steals it, her daughter's a chef out in Winnipeg, so oh, nice. she's the one that puts it together for me. But I can trick oh, you. Oh, cool. Yeah? No, that's great. So, um, yeah, so uh, right now, flower buds should be on. Like, if you were to go out once it stops raining, you should see two kinds of buds on that plant. So you'll the see. The rain won't hurt me. I'm going out now. Okay, round <laughs> buds, which are flower buds, and green buds, obviously, are leaf buds. Uh, you right. can trim now, but not when it's wet, because, again, you don't want to wound a plant. When it's wet, it's too slow for it to dry and heal. Wait till a dry okay. day for pruning. But, yes, do, go right ahead. Do whatever makes sense in terms of pruning. Thin it. Open it yeah. up. Uh, and I think you're, you'll get you'll get fruit, no, no issues this year. They're great plants. They're so dependable. Well, that's super. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. But I'm not pruning there, Charlie. I want to lop it. I, I want to chop the top of the trunk at least, right? Okay. And then the- worry about the other ones because I'm worried about, you know, Getting food for sunlight through greenery and leaves and all that. But yeah, well, exactly. It's getting a little tall to cultivate the cherry, so that's why I want to take the top off. Lower it down it up. A bit. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's fine. But remember, take a good look at it before you do anything, and at the most, you're going to take away one third of the plant. No more. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay, so, Ren. So if I hang on now, so if I take <laughs> off say the trunk. Yeah. Yes. Like, I've got, like, say, yeah. six branches, three majors, three yeah. lessers. Right? And it's 10 feet tall, like you said, yeah. It's about 10 feet tall, sure. but, I mean, it starts forking at about five feet, right? Okay. So I'm thinking of taking off the trunk plus the three lesser branches. But only... That, that would leave you more than a third, I guess, or whatever else, well, two-thirds of the plant. Right. And then doing the same thing next year to the three major branches. Right. And you would can... That do, yes, that would work. But you've got okay. to remember, it's going to grow approximately six to eight inches this season. So if it's 10 feet tall, you want to bring it down to a harvestable height. So Absolutely. You, you So even if you took down to seven feet, you're still going to get, remember, that six inches of growth. Now, well, that I'm new... I'm it down to five feet, actually. But remember, the new growth is going to be green growth. That's no... There's no cherries on the new growth. Of course. All, it's right. all last year's mm-hmm. growth where you're going to get your fruit. So that's right, going right. Right. Down that's why I want to that. leave three major branches. Yeah. <laughs> so if you chopped it at seven feet, you have no fruit above the seven-foot point, and then next year again, you're bringing it down again. Okay. Okay, okay. I'm going to I'm gonna have to lop our time here because we're bumping up against our commercial break, and we can't offend those folks. Okay, but thank, thanks so much for calling. What a, what a riot of a uh, call. That was just you. great. 
Wren in Mississauga. I look forward love to some of our callers. They are very entertaining. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> and we're going out in just moments to Etobicoke, but first we have to take a little bit of a break here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, okay, Charlie. Now, I'm going to hopefully uh, get the name right here, and I'll look for a pronunciation guide. I've got Ute in Etobicoke. Is that correct? No, it's Uta. 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 There you go. I knew I was <laughs> messing it up. up. Good morning. Uta. Okay. Hi, Uta. Good morning to the two of you. Um, I'm really eager to get into the garden now that the weather is getting better, mm-hmm. and I have bought all kinds of bulbs. Can I put them in urns already and into the ground, or do I have to wait till the long weekend in May? Which kind of bulbs have you purchased? I have uh, colors, can, cannas, cannas, and I have uh, irises. Oh yeah, nice. uh, daylilies, not irises, daylilies. Okay. Um, and they're sitting here in my living room, and I would really like to go and get them into the ground. Is right. it too early? All right. So just, so just to be clear, what the daylily is an example of a, you've bought a dormant perennial. So it's it's a root rather than a bulb in that bag. Until yeah. until you plant them, keep them as cool as you can because they will start growing in the bag if you if it's too yeah, warm. Yeah, I've seen some of them already. I opened the bags and I've seen some coming up already. Yeah. So um, now, of course, the sun has certainly warmed the surface of the soil. We're well thawed in terms of the top few inches. So once this rain is done, I I would say for sure get that daylily into the ground. It's a very hardy plant. The sooner okay. you get it outside, actually, I would take all those bags. If you, do you have a garage? or a shed. Or yeah, anything. I do. Yeah, I'd be inclined to put all those bags outside into that more ambient, non-heated world. And then uh-huh. the, the trick right now, what's making it hard for us to get in our gardens is that it's so wet. When yeah. the soil is very wet, so it's wet enough that if you took a handful of soil, clench that, that ball of soil in your palm of your hand, open your hand up, and if that is still a ball of soil and it's held together because of the moisture, it is too wet to be digging in or well, I have all new soil, like we ordered those bags, and mm-hmm. I got all new soil that I'm going to put in the urns. Okay, right. So for the uh, planters that you're going to plant, you can plant those anytime because if it, we do get a snow or a, you know some very cold frost, assuming you could do this, you can roll them into the garage for the night or you know protect okay. them from extreme weather. So there's yeah. at, at any time, yeah. you can plant up planters, have them outside now, but watch the weather and get them out of the frost if there's a frost coming, you know, if there's new, fresh, whatever is in those, those planters. Um, but digging in the soil or walking even on our, our grass, our turf, right now is not a good idea because the moisture levels are just too high. we got to wait a bit, wait partially okay. for the warmth, but also wait for a little bit of drying down. Now, okay. based on 22, 23 degree full sunny days coming, I'd say we're probably going to be in great shape, uh, hopefully, for getting into the garden next weekend. <laughs> you and me both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I extended my front baits already and I want to get into, I just have planted uh, um, uh, some bushes. And then we got all that frost, so I put uh, pails over. That was fine. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that was safe by the belt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's it exactly. At this time of year when we want to get out there, we do have to monitor the weather just to protect yeah, anything yeah. that's tender. 
All right. All right. Okay. Well, okay. Thank, thank you. Thank Have you. a great weekend. Yeah, you're thank very you. welcome. Thank I'm, you very much. I'm just and, looking uh, here because, look, the weather. It's, yeah. it's all pretty good, right? Yeah, this is long-term forecast. Yeah. Um, the, the lowest temperature I'm seeing in Toronto is 5 degrees, and that's the May 8th and 9th. Oh. 7 degrees. I don't know. I keep hearing well, people. There's a little bit of rain yeah. in the forecast for Thursday, Friday. But look at Tuesday and Wednesday, Monday, yeah. sun, 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 22, 23. First, first of May, sunshine and 22. Yeah. In order to get our rest of our callers and then we have online, mm-hmm. we have to take another commercial break here. So oh. let's do that, then get back and say hi to Helen just around the corner here in Toronto. And it's the Garden Show on Zuma Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, Charlie, let's say uh, hi and welcome to the show to Helen just around the corner here in T.O. Hello, Helen. Good morning. Hello. Hi Hi. there. Yes, it's Helen. (laughs) I I would like to know where I can get some English violets. Oh, English violets. You know, the ones with the gorgeous fragrance. I would say England, but (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, leave that one with me, because the violets that we usually see for sale here in Ontario are native to Canada. And the mm. proper name is Viola. Well, you know what? I bet they're the ones you're thinking about. Do you have a computer? Yes. Okay. So if you Google this word, so Viola, V-I-O-L-A, Viola, for violet, <laughs> and then the species is Odorata, which refers to it being fragrant. So O-D as in dog, O-R. A T A Odorata. Just a minute. Could you say that again? So Charlie? you got Viola. Yes. Odorata. O D as in dog. O. Another D. O. Okay. D as in dog. Yep. And then O R. Mhm. A T mm-hmm. as in Tom. A. Odorata. What was the last one? Please? A Odorata. With an A at the end. Odorata. Yes. That's right. You got it. So bottom line is that is a native violet. So that may or may not be the English violet you're referring to. It is fragrant. It is a very happy plant. It also, it can be very invasive. So you plant one, before you know it, your entire neighborhood has these lovely uh, violets. Yeah, hey, that's good. Well, it's good in a sense. They just, they they do kill lawn. When they get into the uh, lawn, they, they predominate and the turf dies and the violets survive. Some people love that. Some people hate that. So before you buy any or purchase or plant any violets, just double check what it is you're looking for and get the right one. I will do a little research as well and see what I can report back next either week. today or next week. Okay. All right. Sorry, could you, could you tell me once again... Uh, I don't use a computer. My daughter does, so I I need to have the name exact. Oh, do you know what? Your daughter can go to, um, oh, podcasting would be. uh, No, she can send me an email. Send, can you send an, get your daughter to send an email? Mm -hmm. So it's, the email for Charlie is very simple. It's c.dobbin, D-O-B-B-I-N, at mzmedia.com. Okay. That, that should, 
Yeah. Should help. Either way. Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll learn more. And Helen, and we'll, we'll, if you're a consistent listener, I'll have something for yeah, you next, next week. week as well. Okay. Um, gee whiz, off to uh, Wyoming. I think it's a Highway 7, isn't it? Uh, oh, Anne? Hi. Anne? Hello. Yeah, Hello. hi. Hi, how are you? Good. Excellent. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, Charlie, I'd like to know, I have, um, I've taken out a few uh, evergreen shrubs out of my front garden, which is north-facing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't get pretty much doesn't get any sun. Mm. I was wondering if um, I love, I have a peewee hydrangea in the back. Would it, would they do very well in that spot? So it's actually a PG hydrangea and no. PGs need a minimum of six hours of direct sunlight every single day. Is there any other kind of hydrangea Mm. or maybe just another, I'd like a flowering one, but I know there's few and far between of those that will flower in shade. Well, but. you know, it's one of the better ones for shade that is often used, um, and we see it actually everywhere in southern Ontario. It's called, um, oh, my brain just went on hold. <laughs> oh Annabelle. Oh, Annabelle, Annabelle. Hydrangea? Yeah, so it's a white bloom. They, okay. They, they tend to become very floppy plants in the shade, and that's the one disadvantage. Mm-hmm. So once, if you do get a hold of a couple of Annabelle hydrangeas, plant them into that location, obviously into a, a amended soil. If the evergreens have been there, you're going to need to bump it up with some manure and some good right. quality compost. Get them planted, and then just remember, every spring, cut them down to like four inches tall. Oh, okay. And that will help them stay smaller and more compact through the growing season, and okay. they, they bloom July, August. Okay, that's great. Okay, hey, thanks, Ann. Thank you very much. All righty. Yeah. for calling. And if we're real quick here, uh, Ermgard from Toronto on the line. Good morning. Good morning. Morning. Um, uh, Charlie, I've forgotten the name. You mentioned a few weeks ago when the forsythias are blooming, mm. which are not blooming yet. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, they're very late today, this year. <laughs> uh, that's when we get some a product to put on to kill the crabgrass. Right. So what the, the product you're looking for is a lawn fertilizer with crabgrass control. And it'll oh, say right okay. on it. And Scott's is the one you'll find the most um, under the name Turf Builder. It's a red and white bag, you know, like a lawn fertilizer bag. And it'll say right on it, you know, spring lawn fertilizer with crabgrass control. Oh, so, okay. And then lots of good instructions on the bag. And yeah, you can, I went to a hardware store the other day. They didn't have it yet, oh. so maybe it was a bit early. Well, are, are they a store that does carry a fair amount of gardening stuff? Um, yes, basically they do. Okay, it's, good. It's a home hardware store. Now, home hardware may not carry Turf Builder, but they may, they will have something under the Mark Cullen name, which will be a different form of lawn fertilizer, but it will still have crabgrass control in it. I'm trying oh. to remember what's, what he does. He promotes a different brand, Dead Scott's, and they'll have his brand uh, at a home hardware. But they should oh, have yeah. something mm-hmm. soon for sure. Okay. okay. Yeah, stay on it. It's uh, totally worth using. It All works right. works very well if you follow yeah, the instructions. Yeah, and the crabgrass is growing well already. Oh, <laughs> oh sure. yeah, it's germinated already. <laughs> yeah. Just what it's you not a good more. thing. No. no, no. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, okay. Last, last little bit. Thank of, you very much. Uh, Thanks for calling. Yeah. And holy mackerel, there goes the. Yeah, uh, woof. Yeah, I haven't even breathed. Do you know, I've got a great, I just want to say, I've got a great little thing happening on my show this afternoon. What's going on on your well, show this afternoon? A guy by the name of Thane Dunn, he's an Elvis impersonator. He's okay. got a great show tonight mm-hmm. at the church in the Queensway. But I'm going to be talking to John Rollins, who is a celebrity photographer who traveled with Elvis as a paparazzi. The, yeah, but he's going to be uh, showing a video tonight that's never been shown. Oh, Maybe I, to a few family members, but yeah. Uh, 
And but he's a wait. It's a video of the impersonator of no, real no, Elvis. No, of the real Elvis. Oh wow! And and relating a number of stories. So I'm going to have him on the show talking about Elvis and cool. memories. Man, it'll be good. Yeah, it sounds good. I'm excited. It's always nice to have exclusive stuff. Well, there you are. Yeah, no, nobody else has it. It's because you're just always yeah. networking with the underground. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that sounded ominous. Networking heard with the, the underground. Heard the okay. dark web. Well, All then right. there's Frank. So, <laughs> he invented Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. I couldn't do any of this without you and boy it's been so nice to be so cozy yeah. just like we used to do the show by jowl, as yeah, they say. yes mm. indeedy uh, speak for yourself so <laughs> thank you Sebastian <laughs> couldn't do without Sebastian and all his great information he provides and to great callers from all like over the super. province yep. thank you thank you I've got email to report back on and all kinds of things going on so we'll uh, get stay on, on top of it and see you all again next week This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.